Hi guys, McLaughlin here. That would be of the Craig variety. Hi, this is Shana Blaze. Hello, this is Tom Ballard. Hi, this is Melissa Cap. G'day, this is Scamo, Scott Morrison. Hi, this is Reese Nicholson. Hi, Gina Liano from the Real Housewives of Melbourne. Hi, this is Reese Maston. Hi, this is JC Fox. This is Kathy Griffin. Hey, this is Todd McCollum. Hello, this is Weird Al Yankovic. Hello everybody, it's Omar Rudberg and you're listening to the Troy Murphy Show. Troy Murphy laughing at me in the other studio. Oh, he's dancing to my radio vet. Hello, Troy. The last couple of shows I've listened to the Troy Murphy show, I've nearly had a couple of accidents because my eyes have been watering with laughter so much. Is it me? Am I the problem? Surely I can't be the only one that thinks that the world is going bananas. With doctors last summer claiming the term morbidly obese to be ditched. Look, I understand morbidly obese is not a glamorous term, but unlike the morbidly obese lifestyle, one should not have to sugarcoat everything to explain that it's problematic. He's ready for his close-up. It's the Troy Murphy Show. Ladies, gentlemen, them, they and all, welcome to this, the Troy Murphy Show. Two double SRs, premiere news and opinion talk show here broadcasting live across the Sutherland Shire. Yes, that's right. It's that glorious time of the week again. Thursday nights from 7pm when the Troy Murphy Show graces the Tobasa bandwidths and airwaves for an exciting adventure. Only for an hour though, until 8pm. The Troy Murphy Show is the place where you come for a look at the weird, wacky and wonderful news from around the world. We've got quizzes and we also take a deep dive into the breaking news stories happening this week. And before I tell you what's coming up on the show today, today, Thursday, the 19th day of October, well, there's two days we're celebrating today. One is Conflict Resolution Day, a day to resolve any conflicts that you may have. Hmm, that's an interesting one to be today. Also, it's Evaluate Your Life Day. Hmm, two very interesting. It's also International Gin and Tonic Day as well, so maybe you can scrap the conflict resolution and valuation and have a gin and tonic, or maybe after you, Conflict resolute and evaluate your life you will need a gin and tonic either which way coming up on the show tonight have we got a doozy for you we're going to take a look at an american woman who well she went on a date and she used a guy to get copious amounts of you wouldn't believe this oysters Yeah, we'll evaluate that one. We've also got the quick quiz. We'll take a look at the cost of living crisis in serious news. How this summer we are being warned to get candles ready as power has the potential to go out. And of course, we'll reflect on the voice to parliament referendum. It's over. 
But the news about it isn't as the next step take place. All that and so much more on the Troy Murphy Show. So strap yourselves in and let's dive headfirst into this week's show without any safety gear on, of course, because that's how we do things here on the show responsibly. Don't try this at home. It seems today that all you hear is music on the radio and murder on podcasts. But where are those good old-fashioned talk shows on which we used to rely? Lucky Bear's a Troy Murphy show. Lucky Bear's a man who positively can do all the things that make us tune in live. Follow The Troy Murphy Show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Threads. Search The Troy Murphy Show. Here on The Troy Murphy Show, we love the weird, the wacky, and the wonderful news from around the world. And thank goodness for the internet, and in particular, social media platforms, because it has given the wider populace more access to going viral and giving us things to talk about here on the show and in particular things to laugh at. Now, a woman on TikTok, her her username is at Iquana. Well, she went on a date and she decided to indulge in a seafood feast of epic proportions at a oyster house in the uh, the city she lives in, in Atlanta, Georgia. That sounds pretty average, but here's the kicker. She devoured a whopping 48 oysters as an appetizer, but <laughs> what followed was nothing short of astonishing. Aquana in her viral video explained that this oyster bar boasts the best oysters in Atlanta. She narrated and she filmed herself on this date eating, which included disgusting slurping. Uh, She narrated her video saying how she reluctantly agreed to the date uh, with a very persistent suitor and chose the, the oyster bar or the oyster house as their dining and dating destination. Now, the feast began innocently enough with Aquana uh, drizzling some Tabasco and lemon over her oysters. Who does that? That's disgusting. Oysters should be had plain because the taste is the oyster. You don't need condiments on top. That's just my own personal commentary. That would have been a red flag at the beginning of the date for me. But in the video, like I said, she's audibly slurping them down, declaring them perfect. 10 out of 10, she says, and I quote. And then she proceeds to order multiple plates, which totaled up to 48 oysters. I think it was three plates in total, totaling to 48 oysters. It doesn't stop there. (laughs) She wants a main, of which she ordered scrap cakes and potatoes. Now, the unbelievable twist to this entire date occurred when the bill arrived. And what happened then? Her date excused himself to go to the restroom 
<laughs> and vanished into thin air. Aquana, <laughs> uh, the or at Aquana, uh, can be heard saying that she felt that she waited for an attorney to come back and was left to grapple with the $184 bill. $184 for 48 oysters and a main? That's pretty cheap. Uh, but still, must be a lot for her because she was outraged by it. And then she texted him afterwards, uh, <laughs> of which he uh, declined to enter into debate with her and offered to cover only the drinks because she was only invited out for drinks as part of their date. And as per usual, let's turn to the comments section for a laugh. Quote, I'm here hollering because you was slurping up them oysters and that man was plotting his escape. End quote. Another, another comment. Quote, well, damn, mama, that slurping alone would have made me leave. End quote. <laughs> another baffled user asked, quote, he sat there for all 48, question mark, uh, end quote. <laughs> now, that slurping was pretty bad. And I've got the video here. I will play you some of that slurping that you can hear this Aquana person uh, filming herself eating whilst on a date. Let's take a listen. <laughs> I can't go on. That's making me sick to listen to that. Oh, oh, you know, in this situation, got to kind of side with the dude, not just because I'm male, but he wanted to take this girl out on the date. He was interested. You know, she was playing a little bit hard to get, but she used him. She, well, she attempted to use him. He walked out on the date and good on him for seeing through it and uh, walking away when he did. Look, I know the game of love and the uh, the dating scene is a complex and convoluted game to play. Is that the right thing to say? Who knows? Uh, but come on, using a guy to get some oysters that you think are delicious, ruining them by putting Tabasco sauce and, and lemon on top of it and then slurping it down is another thing entirely that could take up in a whole se uh, segment of ranting and raving to cover. But let's be honest, she tried to use him and he turned it around and walked away. Shame on this woman for trying to use a man to get an expensive free meal and shame on this woman for her oh, mischievous, her questionable, her inappropriate behavior on this date and attitude towards the man. Oh dear, that's the telephone. There's only one person with that direct telephone number into this studio. And that of course is the Troy Murphy Show's aunt, Aunt Ethel, uh, let's take the call. Hello, caller, you're on the air. Why, hello there, Troy. It's your aunt, Aunt Ethel here. Why, hello there, Aunt Ethel. I, I take it you're calling in to talk about this, that what we've been talking about, this bad day. Yes, yes, that's right, Troy. I can't believe you sided with that man, Typical of you being a man yourself. 
unethical. I declared earlier it's not just because I'm a man that I sided with the man on the date. I sided with the man because uh, the the situation that the woman took advantage of him in. Oh, fiddlesticks, Troy. Us women have been doing this for centuries. We have Centuries. Well, then shame on you, Aunt Ethel. Oh, at my age, Troy, there's no such thing as shame. Oh, right, well, let's uh, let's see where this goes, Aunt Ethel. Uh, tell us, what are the some, what are some of the things that you've done on a date that I would potentially find inexcusable, but you seem to think is okay? Well, you see, Troy, I've been on lots of dates in my time I have. You know, when you're a a good-looking woman like I am, lots of men want to try and get you on a date, all with one intention, you know. Men only have one thought process, and us women, well, we need to take advantage of it, and we need to make light of the situation when the date is going bad, and have a little fun ourselves. Well, that's that's a pretty good and valid point, Aunt Ethel. I I take that on board. Uh, so let's let's have some details, Aunt Ethel. Tell us what you've done on a date. Oh, Troy, there are plenty of examples. Like one date I went on. Oh, it was a blind date. He wasn't blind, but the the, the setup was blind. And well, you know, Troy, I got there and he was not my type. If you know what I mean. And, well, what I did, I ordered the messiest, most complicated-to-eat dish on the menu and then proceeded to wear it as a fashion statement I did. <laughs> oh, that's, uh, that, that's good. What else have you done, Aunt Ethel? Oh, for a little bit of fun and creativity, I, uh, I insisted on only speaking in rhymes for the entire Evening. What, so, like, roses are red, violets are blue, this date is terrible and so are you? Yes, I ended with something like that. Another example, Troy, is I bought a clipboard to a date I did. You you bought a clipboard, like, with pen and paper. What, what did you do with, with that? Yes, exactly, with pen and paper, Troy. And what I did with the clipboard and paper is I evaluated my date's actions, giving them Schools for everything they did, like chewing technique and conversation quality. Was there a second date to that one, Aunt Ethel? Oh, no, I think he was too afraid for me to pull out the, the clipboard if the uh, the date went further, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, I do know what you mean, and that's a visual I do not want to have, Aunt Ethel. Do you have any more? Uh, look... You know, if the date's going well, then turns a little bit sour towards the end. Here's my tip, Troy. When dessert comes out, you start whispering sweet nothings to your dessert rather than your date, professing your undying love for cheesecake. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love... All right, keep them coming, Aunt Ethel. Keep them coming. Uh, one of my favourite ones that I did was to start a passionate debate about which condiment is superior. Tomato sauce, barbecue sauce, or mustard. And of course, Troy, what you do is uh, 
You pick the opposite to to what they suggest, and you refuse to back down. All right, we're running out of time, Aunt Ethel, for this segment, but uh, have you got one more for us? One last one. This is great for all you young people with your iPads and your smartphones, is to bring your smartphone and share a detailed PowerPoint presentation on your lifelong collection of whatever weird object you can think of, like rubber duckies or doilies or teapots. <laughs> oh, fantastic, Aunt Ethel. I'm be, I'll be sure to use these next time I go on a date. What are you talking about, Troy? You haven't been on a date in a decade. You'll never get to use these. That's also true. Thank you, Aunt Ethel, for making that public information and putting it to air. Uh, that's the Troy Murphy Show. Thank you, Aunt Ethel. I'm going to hang up on you now. Plenty more of the show coming up right after this. You're listening to The Troy Murphy Show. It's where celebrities stop by for a chat. Omar Rudberg from Young Royals. Do you think that your character, Simon, could get used to royal life? Uh, well, no. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, but, I mean, you never know. What about you personally? Would you like to live the royal life? Oh, I would definitely want to try that out. <laughs> <laughs> In Australia, only 13% of people keep fish, 9% of households without a pet, and 17% with a pet are interested in keeping fish. The three reasons they don't keep fish are that they think it is harder, more expensive, and more time-consuming than it is. All three reasons are a myth, depending on what setup you choose. A simple tropical setup is actually the easiest and cheapest pet you can get. Pop in and visit us at Majestic Aquarium's Tarrant Point, or follow us on our social media and learn how far fish keeping has come in the last few years. Majestic Aquariums are proud sponsors of 2SR. 2SR can help you promote your business with an innovative and inexpensive marketing plan. Our in-house team will help you design a campaign, voice the audio, and give it the professional production values you need. To find out more, call us on 9545 1800 or email info at 2 to organise a talk with our experienced marketing team. Hi, it's Kale. Hope you can join me for Friday Night Live every Friday from 7 to 9pm for a mix of pop and indie music, interviews with interesting people and all the music and entertainment news from the Shire, Sydney and beyond. Friday Night Live, 7pm on 2SR 99.7 FM. I'll see you there. Fun stuff at the front. Serious stuff at the back. You're listening to The Troy Murphy Show. Let's do it. It's time for the segment a lot of you come here for, and that's the weekly quick quiz. Yes, 10 quick quiz questions, of which you will have three seconds to answer before the, well, answer is revealed. That made sense. Hmm, moving on. And, of course, let us know on Facebook. The Troy Murphy Show is the page. Send us a message with how many you get correct and we will send you cute little trophy emojis for each answer that you get correct. It's a bit of an honour system here, so let's play fair. All right, let's begin with question number one. A trapezium has how many sides a trapezium the correct answer is 
four. Question number two. What is the name of Mickey Mouse's pet dog? Mickey Mouse's pet dog is Pluto. Pluto, be a good boy and fetch the paper, huh? <laughs> Question number three. Describing a couple's financial situation, the acronym DINK, D-I-N-K, stands for double income, no what? The answer, kids. Double income, no kids. And I'm sure those on a double income with no kids with the current cost of living crisis are loving that a lot. Not to say that not having kids is delightful. They're just expensive. Moving on. Question number four. Which former NRL player hosts The Amazing Race Australia? The correct answer, Bo Ryan. Moving on to question number five. Who plays the main version of Ken opposite Margot Robbie in this year's Barbie movie? The answer, Ryan Gosling. Oh, looks like this beach was a little too much beach for you, Ken. If I wasn't severely injured, I would beat you off right now, Ken. I'll beat you off with you any day, Ken. Hold my ice cream, Ken. Question number six. What do the letters DJ stand for when referring to someone who plays music on the radio? The answer is disc jockey. And I am not one of those because I don't play music on the radio. I do a talk show, which means I think my official title is shock jock, depending on which half of the show you listen to and the intent of in which you listen. Hmm. Question number seven. US President Joe Biden is a member of which political party? Joe Biden is a member of the Democratic Party. Biden's being a popular... Biden's being an extremist. The best way to get something done, if you... if it holds near and dear to you that you, uh... Um, like to be able to, anyway. Uh, Putin's kleptocracy, yeah. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in foot him, uh, foot, foot, Los Angeles and, uh, and uh, um, uh, um, what am I doing here? This is the United States Camara, for God's sake. Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was gonna be here. <laughs> Question number eight. What grain is used to make bourbon? Sorry for all those under 18 and don't do the drinking. This is a 18 plus, well, probably not, but you know what I mean. 18 plus legally drinking question. The answer to make bourbon, you use corn. Question number nine. In which teen comedy film does actor Sean William Scott play Steve Stifler? American Pie, which takes us to the final question. Question number 10. According to a common proverb, what color sky at night is 
A shepherd's delight. The answer we're looking for is red. And there we have it. That's the quick quiz. Thanks for playing. Don't forget, message us on the Troy Murphy Show Facebook page with how many you got correct. And I will respond with uh, little emojis of uh, trophies with how many you got correct. Thanks for playing. Plenty more coming up right after this. Friday, Saturday, happy days. Sunday, Monday, happy days. as useless as a self-help guide on how to stop buying self-help books. You're listening to The Troy Murphy Show. As part of our fun stuff at the front, serious stuff at the back, a challenge here on The Troy Murphy Show. We're still in the fun stuff part, but, you know, we like to use this segment to sort of segue into the serious. So here's a funny but serious news article. President Joe Biden has just joined Truth Social. And if you're thinking, hmm, Troy, what's so weird, strange, funny and serious about that? Well, Truth Social is Donald J. Trump, his opponent's social media platform. And Biden's first post, quote, well... Let's see how this go. Converts, welcome. End quote. Now, I assume it's not Joe Biden actually doing the, um, what would you call it? This socialing? The truthing? You know, it's a, you, you tweet or you, 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 you gram. What do you do on truth social? Do you social or do you truth? Who knows? Although being Trump's, I don't know how much truth is there. Uh, and if that's not weird, wacky and cheeky enough, the uh, Biden camp followed it up with a video of Ron DeSantis taking a swipe at Donald J. Trump's national debt record. (laughs) Seems like the uh, Biden campaign is upping the meme game. Now, Rob Flannery, he's the deputy Biden campaign manager. Well, he summed everything up perfectly. Quote, A thing about campaigns is sometimes you have to do things for the lols, L-O-L-Z, which is shorthand young people speak for laugh out loud with the Z for extra emphasis on the how funny it is. I tell you what, it looks like the 2024 election is 
heating up even on the digital sphere. So uh, with this US president election on the, uh, well, not too far away, really, strap yourself in, folks, and grab your popcorn because this is going to be one entertaining ride, even if it's to take a look at Joe Biden versus Donald Trump on Truth Social. I wonder, you know, because we uh, we had Donald J. Trump banned from Twitter, how long and how ironic it might be or will be when Trump bans Biden from his own platform. Hence the lulls of this whole situation. You're listening to this, The Troy Murphy Show. You're listening to The Troy Murphy Show. It's where celebrities stop by for a chat. Marsha Hines reflects on her time at Australian Idol, including that uh, gold dress debacle. The the guys, um, dogs, um, Paulini about her dress. I tore those guys' <laughs> backstage because I said, you guys are farmers. You, you know, you, I mean, it was more deco than it was Mark. But I just said, you know, you can't do that. And not only that, we've got little girls and girls watching this show. And, and to, to body shame somebody, we didn't have that terminology back then, but to body shame somebody like that. And she thought she looked great. If she didn't think she looked great, she, you know, and, and is that what you really want to tell her about? Or how did she sing that night? They say that a change is as good as a holiday. So if you're looking for a new hobby or experience, then please join me and Warren for the Art and Soul program. We'll look at what's happening around the Shire with a focus on the arts. You'll hear about the latest exhibitions, events, festivals, or perhaps a fun and interesting workshop. It's live. It's local. It's 2SSR Art and Soul every Tuesday between 12 and 2 p.m., right here on 2SSR 99.7 FM and streaming live around the world on 2SSR.com.au. He's as fruity as a bowl of Fruit Loops. You're listening to The Troy Murphy Show. In a little segment we like to call Good News, Bad News, I like to talk about a news topic express both sides of the story. In good news, summer's coming. And that's about it. Because the bad news, in a recent report, energy experts have expressed deep concerns about Australia's power system and the potential for blackouts this summer, warning Australians to, and I quote, get your candles. End quote. The situation highlights the complex challenges facing the nation's energy transition and its 2020, sorry, its 2030 climate targets. Let's take a closer look to the report that came out. As experts have warned that the growing risk of blackouts are coming this summer due to a combination of factors, including the reduced and unreliable coal power generation, mostly because it's been reduced, an overstretched transmission system and slow progress in renewable energy adoption. Hmm. Experts have suggested that Australians should prepare for possible blackouts by having 
candles and air purifiers on hand. They say the air purifiers because they expect bushfires and, well, because when bushfires are around, especially in an area like ours close to a national park, well, we're going to need the air in our, our units, our houses, our workplaces purified. I, although I don't know how you get them working when there's no power. This, of course, all reflecting the seriousness of the situation ahead this summer. There have been calls for intervention. Some experts believe that the more government intervention into energy policy is necessary to address these challenges. They argue that without action, the emission reduction targets by 2030 may not be achieved. Now, of course, with that achievement, there is divided opinions regarding the 2030 climate targets. While some support the ambitious goals, others view them as unrealistic and argue that reliability and affordability of power should take precedence. And I guess that's a good point because how can we run the country when we don't have power to put the lights on? Now, there's also issues with the uh, infrastructure around it all. The grid, the grid that all that wires our apartments and our houses and our businesses to the substations, back to where the power is generated, is described as being in a fragile state with concerns about its ability to, to cope with extreme weather conditions. It is argued that there is a need for investment in transmission networks in the upcoming years. Speaking of investment, let's look at international investment. Calls are being made for a robust energy policy to attract international capital for the transition. Not only the transition in our poles and wires and infrastructure, but the rollout of replacement energy and replacement power stations to cope with not only the demand, but the targets for 2030 with going green. And despite the concerns, some experts are still optimistic about achieving 2030 targets, but only with the right policies and, quote, with a bit of luck, end quote. However, others remain sceptical and believe it may not be physically possible to build the required infrastructure in time. Is there a path forward for this? Well, while there are differing views, there is consensus that Australia needs a well thought out and coordinated approach to navigate the challenges of its energy transition. The energy landscape in Australia is a complex mix of challenges and perspectives. The risk of blackouts underscores this summer, underscores the urgent need for comprehensive energy policies from the government that balances the ambitious climate targets with the reliability and affordability of power for us Australians, the consumer. Achieving this balance will be essential for Australia's sustainable energy future. Which harks back to many things I have said on this program, and many believe that by simply going solar and wind power generation, unlike any country around the globe, this is not the right policy going ahead to ensure that we have reliable power. A deeper conversation, and yes, I believe nuclear could be part of that conversation. Hey, here in the Shire, 
Here in the Shire, we have all grown up with nuclear power in our backyard. I bet now, not a powered st- uh, generation st- uh, station, but still nuclear technology here in the Shire. Right next door to our pristine national parks and waterways. All is still good here in the Shire. And let's not forget, we are only 1% of the global annual emissions. Far behind China, far behind the USA, far behind Russia and India. It would be interesting to read or see a report or even hear if a report has been done on whether the push to go green has seen any other developed country go into blackouts during a summer, especially as we head into an El Nino summer, one of the worst kind of summers for conditions where it's gonna be hot to compare our energy policies in going green to other countries' policies in going green that does have, say for instance, a mix of energy options, including nuclear, to see if our government has gone down the right path with its policy. This will be one of those wait, watch, see, and clutch the pearls and buy some candles kind of summer ahead of us. Summer 2023, I fear, is going to be one summer we will be talking about in years to come. You're listening to The Troy Murphy Show. It's where celebrities stop by for a chat. The legendary Umbilical Brothers on the sound effects that they just can't do. Tinkly, winkly noises, like um, keys rattling. I can't do keys rattling, like... See, I can't yeah. do that. I can I can do the, the heavier ones like a lightsabers, whatever. Trucks, birds, whatever, you know, that stuff. But tinkly winkly things. Dropping your keys, little that kind of stuff I can't do. So that's why you never have keys in our show. Stay tuned. More from The Troy Murphy Show coming up right after this. Have you ever thought about the life you want to lead in retirement? How much will you need to save to achieve it? And will your superannuation be enough? A little bit of planning now can help you reach your retirement goals. At GJ Private Wealth, we take a customised approach to your retirement planning. Our expert team of qualified advisors will work with you to understand your personal situation and retirement goals to provide you with a personalised plan to help you get there. Speak to one of our advisors today by calling 02-8539-7999 or visit www.gjprivatewealth.com.au. GJ Private Wealth are authorised representatives of AMP Financial Planning and are proud sponsors of 2SSR. Would you like to be involved in your local not-for-profit radio station? Would you like to become a 2SSR volunteer with the opportunity to be a presenter, provide office support or help with community events? If you would like to be part of the 2SSR family, call us on 9545 1800 or go to our website 2 and click on Membership to download the application form. Keeping it smooth in the Shire for over 20 years. Paul E. Routledge and Smooth Jazz. Will Downing. Gerald Albright. 
Village and Smooth Jazz. Sunday, 6 p.m. for the drive home on FM 99.7. It's as handy as a net to catch the wind. You're listening to The Troy Murphy Show. Later on in the show, we will talk about the results of the Voice to Parliament. But first, let's talk about the elephant in the room, and that is the subject that has been missed for the past year. The number one subject on everybody's mind ahead of everything else, and that's cost of living in Australia. Now, as per the most recent Ipsos report, cost of living continues to hold the top position among concerns for Australians. With 62% of respondents to the report choosing cost of living as one of their three primary issues of concerns, Australians are grappling with the harsh reality of a soaring cost of living. Now, despite promises of relief, the cost of living burden has increased with families, singles, elderly experiencing higher expensive expenses with the Albanese Labor government's inability to tackle this pressing issue. Under Labor's leadership, Australia has witnessed a significant increase in living experiences, mortgages, rent, groceries, furniture, insurance, electricity, petrol and gas. These have all become formidable financial burdens for ordinary Australians. Anthony Albanese made pledges to ease the financial strain on Australians' households, including a promise of $275 reduction in power bills. You remember the clip? Here it is. This is from the election. Reducing power prices by $275. By 2025, $275 a a year. $275 a year. We'll get power prices down by $275 a year. How's that going for you, Albo? However, these commitments have remained unfilled, leaving families to grapple with heightened financial pressures. I tell you what, I filled up my car yesterday. The price is just going up. Speaking of going up, filling up at the Bowser has experienced a staggering 13.9% surge in the latest monthly inflation data, with an astonishing 9% spike in August alone. This all according to the ABS. Unleaded petrol has soared above $2 per litre in many regions, including across the Shire, causing fuel price shocks for consumers. Families with mortgages are facing a higher crisis, particularly those holding a $750,000 mortgage. They are now paying an additional $22,000 annually compared to just a year ago. Again, adding to the financial strain. Additionally, Australians are grappling with a 15% increase in income tax compared to the previous year, all while working longer hours for reduced pay. This taxation strain further exacerbates the financial challenges faced by the population. Now, when in government, the coalition recognise the urgency of addressing rising living costs and they took sensible measures 
to alleviate inflation pressures. However, the Albanese Labour government's focus on a divisive referendum that saw the Shire vote in favour of no has pushed the cost of living crisis to the background, leaving Australian families to face difficult decisions. Now, despite daily assurances of reducing the cost of living, Labor's actions have only exacerbated the situation, leaving families worse off than before. The Reserve Bank, the International Monetary Fund and the Organisation for Economic Cooperation and Develop are all forecasting heightened and more prolonged inflation. Yep, to put it simply, interest rates are going to go up. Recent minutes from the Reserve Bank's board meetings indicate a contemplation of rising interest rates which could impact mortgage holders, which then flows on to the renters. Rents are going to keep going up, people. Notably, the Reserve Bank's concerns about escalating property prices and inflation have raised the possibility of an interest rate rise hike on Melbourne Cup Day. The decision-making process will be influenced by unemployment and inflation statistics. I'm no economist, but it seems to be that they want unemployment to go up to keep interest rates level or to go... I don't know how that works. People far smarter than I will have to explain how that works. But that's just the way it is. This consideration follows the bank's recent meeting in October, during which the cash rate remains stable. However, discussions about potential future rate, right, rate hikes have emerged, signalling the likelihood of an increase in the next meeting. And they'll release it on Melbourne Cup Day when the nation is stopped by that one little race so we don't hear the news. Treasurer Jim Chalmers has pointed out that during the former coalition government's tenure, there was a perceived cost of living crisis related to just one interest rate rise. However, under the Albanese Labor government, there have been 11 interest rate hikes with the potential of a 12th if the Reserve Bank decides to act while the nation is focused on the race that stops the nation on Tuesday the 7th of November. Labor's commitment to $188 billion, B for billion, in extra spending since the coalition left office raises questions about fiscal responsibility. It's crucial to remember that simply spending money without effective economic management does not combat inflation. The Albanese Labor government's handling of cost of living of this cost of living crisis has left many Australians struggling financially. And with promises remain unfilled, economic management must must remain under scrutiny until the Albanese Labor government take the issue seriously. Now, to address this crisis effectively, a balanced approach that prioritizes the cost of living and ensures fiscal responsibility is essential. Australians deserve a government that can alleviate financial burdens and provide stability in challenging times. Can uh, someone tell me what's going on here in this country? How did things change in a year? Despite COVID, we seem to be all going along pretty swimmingly. And now 
everything costs a bucket more. And from the previous segment, if you were listening, we're about to have a summer with blackouts. We were told to get candles. Even rusted on Labor voters and all supporters have got to be, got to be struggling with their faith for their party when they reflect on the reality of this situation. Hashtag that as serious news rant over. You're listening to The Troy Murphy Show. It's where celebrities stop by for a chat. Former Prime Minister Scott Morrison talking about the importance of community here in the Sutherland Shire. As, as part of this community, I know just how vital our life is here in the Shire and, and, and the St George area, um, how much it depends on the vibrancies of, 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 these, of our community. I mean, governments are important. Uh, don't get me wrong, they have a role to play. Um, but they're not the community. And uh, what with I think we've always understood in, in southern Sydney is, you know, that's where the strength of of our community lies. It's in those volunteers. It's in the, it's in those who are a part of our community and making it a stronger and better place. Fun stuff at the front. Serious stuff at the back. You're listening to the Troy Murphy Show. Now, before the show ends, we can't go past talking about the failed voice to parliament as proposed by the Albanese government. Now, I know it all happened on the weekend and it's days gone, so I'm not going to talk about the results. We all know the results swayed dramatically in one way, and that was the no vote, including both electorates that are here in the Shire, Cook and Hughes. What I do want to talk about is the aftermath of The Voice. One would have thought, and you know, I'm a political junkie, I love politics, I watch Question Time, I sometimes watch the Senate, and I have this week, because you would have thought, you would have thought after the failure of The Voice, the Albanese Labor government would have stood up and said, hey, all right. Australia rejected us putting this into the Constitution, but because we take this issue so seriously, this is what we are going to do next to close the gap between Indigenous lives and the rest of the country. You know the one they kept repeating on and on about, talking about, what was it, the 10 years life expectancy difference between Aboriginal people, education... Health, well-being, employment, justice, safety, housing, land, water, language. Yeah, all that. Well, no, nothing really happened. And on Tuesday, the brilliant Senator Jacinta Nampajimpa-Price, the shadow Indigenous minister, stood up in the Senate and proposed a motion calling on the Albanese Labor government to hold a royal commission into Indigenous child sexual abuse and for the government to hold an audit of the billions of dollars being spent on programs for Indigenous Australians across the country to better help to close the gap. Let's take a listen. I rise today to speak on the urgent need for Prime Minister Albanese and the Labor government to support the Coalition's call for a Royal Commission into child sexual abuse in Indigenous communities. 
audit spending on Indigenous programs and support practical policy ideas to improve the lives of Indigenous Australians to help close the gap. Those children in remote communities are most marginalised, suffering sexual abuse, neglect and other abuse. Labor, the Greens, Senator David Pocock have denied our attempts before. You've chosen to be silent and overlook these issues. This is the last time. Join us in what Australians overwhelmingly seek or we will do it ourselves and hold you all to account. And if you weren't watching the Senate on Tuesday, the Albanese Labor government chose to reject Senator Jacinta Nampajimpa Price's motion for a royal commission, with the decision leaving many, including myself, questioning the government's stance on an issue of great importance. And again, I agree with Senator Price when she says, quote, that to me is racism, end quote. The Albanese Labor government's decision has sparked outrage among many commentators and Australians and has drawn massive criticism online. Let's take a look at what some people have been writing on Twitter. Quote, the rejection of this motion is a clear indication that the government is turning a blind eye to the urgent need for a royal commission into the abuse of Indigenous children. It's disheartening. End quote. Another online post read, quote, Senator Price's call for a royal commission was a valid and necessary step towards addressing a serious issue. The government's refusal to support is deeply disappointing, end quote. But let's be honest, the government have a little bit of a problem when it comes to implementing a royal commission on itself, especially when it involves the many states, all the states that have a Labour government. Now let's take a, a little bit of a closer look at the subject with what I like to call an objective analysis. The government's priorities. It can be argued that the government's decision to reject this Royal Commission reflects its priorities. One might believe that the government has other pressing matters to attend to and this motion did not make it to the top of the agenda, which contradicts everything else that they have said in the past year of being importance. Their importance over the last year has purely been on the voice, rejecting other issues that may have been more important to, important to other Australians, the rest of the country, not just the 3% affected by the voice, such as, as we said earlier in the show, cost of living. But could it just be, could it just be that the Albanese Labor government are just playing politics? Deep down, I'm sure they think this is the right idea. Could it be that just because it was Senator Jacinta Nampajimpa's price, the head campaigner of the No campaign, that they stood to reject it? Because let's face it, the Labor government's rejection of the motion raises questions about its commitment to addressing the pressing issue of child abuse in Indigenous communities around Australia where some of the highest 
levels of abuse have been recorded. And all you do is have to look at social media. The online criticism reflects growing sentiment among the public that the government is out of touch with their concerns. The decision to reject the motion contradicts the desire for an actioned voice by many Australians. And of course, ultimately, the rejection of this Royal Commission motion will have adverse consequences for Indigenous communities, leaving them without the comprehensive inquiry needed to address not only child abuse effectively, but the billions of dollars spent each year on the Indigenous community. Where is this money going? Is it being spent effectively? And why is it not closing the gap? These are questions that only a royal commission can possibly have and get answers for. Let's not forget, it was the Albanese Labor government when they came into power who dismantled the grog band in Alice Spring that led to weeks of front page headline news of crime waves across the area. They got rid of the grog ban, even though Indigenous groups in the area wrote to the Indigenous minister and the Prime Minister saying, please don't do this. Indigenous voices weren't listened to. Hey, wasn't that what we just rejected at the referendum? They wanted a voice, but they proved that they weren't listening. Well, no wonder why the vote didn't get up. The Labor government's rejection of Senator Jacinta Nampajimpa's price's motion for a royal commission is a decision that demands critical scrutiny and continued scrutiny. It raises concern about the government's commitment to addressing Indigenous child abuse and the programs that are being paid for by taxpayers' dollars to assist the Indigenous community and to close the gap. We must also scrutinise potential political motivations, as well as the government's disregard for public opinion, and most importantly, the impact on vulnerable Indigenous communities. This decision should prompt a re-evaluation of the government's approach to this critical issue. With tomorrow the last day of Parliament, but let's be honest, they don't sit on Fridays because they're all driving home. And next week's, next week's sitting week was cancelled. Cancelled! So no one is going to be making any decisions in Canberra next week, which I kind of think was deliberately planned ahead of time because I guarantee you the Labor government was, think, gonna, was thinking that a yes vote would get up, they'd spend a week in, in Parliament gloating about it and then they'll do a victory lap around the country next week. Well, that, that, that plan fell flat in the face for the Labor government. And here on The Troy Murphy Show, we will continue to hold the Albanese Labor government accountable and their actions, their policies. Hashtag that as rant over here on the Troy Murphy Show. And it's all over just like that. 
that's it. The Troy Movie Show done and dusted for another week. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back next week from 7pm. If you missed any other ranting or raving or want to listen back, you can do so by listening on demand. Click The Troy Movie Show on the live program guide on the www.com.au website. Until next week, my friends, bye for now. Two double SR FM ninety nine point seven.